0: They've actually created a website where you can upload images taken on your Google Pixel device and see what image may still be remaining there.
1: Tom, are you still there? Are you, are you busy right now? <laughs>
2: I'm busy contacting all my friends on Android, pointing and laughing.
0: <laughs> Smashing Security, Episode 314 photo-cropping bombshell, TikTok debates, and real estate scams, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, episode 314. My name's Graham Cluley.
1: And I'm Carol Terrio. And Carol, we are joined this week by
0: a special guest, very special.
1: None other than host
2: unknowns. Soul founder. I was going to say, I going to say, main host,
1: one of the hosts from Host Unknown, Tom Langford. That's right. It is me.
2: It is. This is not Javad Malik or Andrew Agnes. This is Tom Langford, sole founder. I know you don't have the other two on very often because they're a bit crap. But uh, um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm back. They just have jobs. They're busy. They're very
1: busy people. <laughs> You know, we screwed up last week. I got a I got a few emails from irate Canadians uh, complaining that you don't know where Vancouver is because oh. you said East Coast instead of West what? Coast, and I didn't spot it even in the edit. So apologies to all my people. I just don't listen to Graham very often. <laughs> I, I just,
0: yeah, there were some complaints from my end. It? I of course I know it's on the west. I I can't believe I said
2: east. Yeah, well, Vancouver, Vancouver sounds like a, a Dutch vacuum cleaner. So it's in it's in the cupboard, isn't it? <laughs>
0: oh my so corny the dad jokes galore
1: um before we kick off let's thank this week's sponsors <laughs> bitwarden collide and drata it's their support that helps us give you the show for free coming up today's show graham what do you got
2: oh i'm gonna be telling you all about the acropolis Ooh, okay and tom what about you well i'm i'm going back to an old favorite tiktok
1: woohoo Oh, good. And I'm going to be talking about how to buy a house in Lakewood, Colorado. All this and much more coming up in this episode of Smashing Security. Now, chums, chums,
0: it's 1974. No, it's not. It's the grim. middle. It's really not, Grim. <laughs> it's the middle of the Watergate crisis. You are Richard Nixon, and you have been ordered to produce transcripts of all the secret tapes you've been recording at the White House. Uh, but you've got a problem. You've got a problem. Lots of rude words being used in the White House, it turns mm-hmm. out. When people, you know, there's a lot of, you know, chuffing this and... Jimmy
2: Carter that. Liberty
0: gibbet. Yep. <laughs> Belgium. Holy Zarquan singing fish. All kinds of stuff is coming out. And, you, you, oh, it's going to be so embarrassing if that gets out into the public domain, all those, all that rude words. So what do they do? They deleted the expletives. Expletive deleted was the phrase. Redacted. They, they redacted. And in the transcript, wherever it mm-hmm. was a rude word, they didn't write the rude word. They wrote expletive deleted is what they wrote.
1: And, and Someone should write a rap song with that. That's great. Yeah, you could do, I suppose. And as,
0: as governments, agencies, businesses around the world, they all realise if you don't want a sensitive or embarrassing or awkward piece of information to be shared in a document that you're posting online, redact it,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right? You should always be careful about what you share. Yes. And sometimes the redaction goes wrong. So I remember a couple of times I've written about this. The UK's MOD, Ministry of Defence, have accidentally leaked secrets about radar defences and nuclear submarines because they published PDFs online. And the way in which they did them was they, they placed a little black bar over the words they didn't want there. And unfortunately, with a PDF editor, you could go in <laughs> delete the, <laughs> and delete the black bar and see the words beneath.
1: <laughs> Select all. Can you do a search and replace for the black the black bars? Maybe you can. Replace with nothing. <laughs> Maybe you can. Maybe there's
0: an unredact option. So, yeah. So, if you redact the wrong way, that doesn't, doesn't work very well. Not, not a great idea. And, of course, uh, it's also relevant for screenshots. It's not just documents. So. Um, a lot of people will pixelate out things.
1: But, uh, but this boffins. is nothing new. I had friends in high school that used to do this. There'd be some something on the bathroom wall about them, right. And they would be trying to, like, erase it, right, by using a marker or some right. pens or something on top of it. And you could always often see through.
2: Like, <laughs> well, know, it's li- yeah. Liquid paper was the stuff that you With some used. determination, crawl, you could always find that <laughs> phone number you were looking for.
0: <laughs> if you were using liquid paper or Tipex on the computer monitor, Corolla, that, that would that obscure it for you, but not for other people, just so you know. doesn't quite work like that. Okay, thanks. But some people try and pixelate, don't they? They pixelate the yeah. text. But yeah. boffins have created tools that can take pixelated images and unpixelate. They can yeah. work out what the words are likely to be underneath. So those those tools exist. So you should never really blur or swirl text uh if you want to overwrite it in an image you should because it could always be unswirled it could yep. be unswirled and <laughs> uh, and so much better i would think to cover it with random generated noise or just to cover the text with an opaque black bar in a, in an image okay and then obviously don't save it as layers save it as like a merged down flat image with a black bar and then no one can see what's going on underneath right mm mhm so, if you do that, if you overwrite something with a black bar in an image, or if you crop out sensitive parts of the image, so imagine Tom, you have an image of yourself. Maybe, maybe you're a Maybe you want to show off your manly chest. Okay, you've been pumping iron. Oh it has been
2: known. My gosh. pink hairy vest with the two buttons. And you know you're pretty proud, right? And and you happen not to be wearing any trousers. Okay. Often, oftentimes, I mean, it's. it's it's what Tuesday today, so yes. So you take a selfie.
0: So you you stick up your smartphone up in the air, oh, oh, you know, to give it. Glad to, you qualified. Because that you, want, you want you want you want, <laughs> <laughs> you want you want an image from a good angle. It's yeah. not you don't want to show any sort of. Im- you never want to take an image from below your chin. No, do you no. You want to have it above yeah. your chin?
1: You're doing the princess dive. Yeah, you know, exactly. Face down, eyes up. Right, chin okay.
0: Down. Yeah. So so you're taking that image but afterwards you think oh I have left a little bit too much in the image. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll crop it, I'll crop it at my belly button and then they'll just see my manly chest. Yeah. They won't see anything which is going on beneath.
1: They won't see Mr. Peewee, right? Right. Okay. You yeah. would think that sharing that picture would be safe, wouldn't you? Now, can I just ask where you're cropping this picture? So you have your, is this on an iPhone or it doesn't matter? In this particular case, and this is why it wouldn't be, Tom, because I know Tom
0: absolutely loves Apple hardware. In this particular case, it's happening on an Android Google Pixel smartphone using the default markup tool. Oh,
2: Oh my God. It doesn't keep it in the metadata or something, does it? It doesn't.
1: Well, well. (gasps) Well, keep going, tell us, tell us, tell us. (laughs) So I think someone in the show is sweating and it's not me. (laughs) So boffins have discovered
0: that there is a flaw in the standard tool used to edit images on Google Pixel phones that makes the seemingly impossible be possible. So this flaw, which they have called Acropolis, which I think is. Got it.
1: Very cute. Let's yes. give it a clap,
0: right? Yeah, hand it's clapped, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So it has made it possible to take a previously cropped image posted on the internet and at least partially recover what was cropped out of the
1: what?
2: Image. based on the metadata.
0: <laughs> not on the metadata.
2: No. Not no. Well, but not specific. But some embedded data somewhere, right? E- exactly.
0: Exactly. So, so the metadata normally is like the EXIF information as to when and where it was taken and what kind of camera and yeah, yeah. all of that guff, which we all know about. But um, in this particular case, what, what markup does is if you edit an image and then resave it, the way in which it resaves its data is it says, is this new image shorter or taking up less data than the previous image? And if that's the case, it won't truncate the entire file. <gasps> It keeps whatever was there at the end still there. It's not
1: visible in the image viewer. So you think everything is fine, but there's still... Right, and you're like, here's a hot picture of me or titillating, <laughs> you know, not... Uh, yeah. Oh, God. So this uh,
0: works both with cropped images and also images where you've changed the image. Like, for instance, uh, and this is what these two boffins, Simon Aarons and David Buchanan, they are the ones who found this vulnerability. They took an image which they found on Discord, of someone who posted up a picture of their credit card saying, hey, look at me, I've got this new credit card. And they'd blacked out the entire credit card number. Right. And they were able to recover it, find out what the credit card number was. And they've actually created a website where you can upload images taken on your Google Pixel device and see what image may still be remaining there.
2: Tom, are you still there? Are you are you busy right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy contacting all my friends on Android, pointing and laughing. And then and then what 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 is it the uh that emoji with the the, the purple fruited emoji? <laughs> the aubergine. Aubergine, thank you. Thank you. I could only think of the name that I was thinking of it of. But uh yeah, I'm just tweeting that so, to them.
0: So just to just imagine, right? It may not be that you're redacting your phone number. It may be that you've got a saucy snap. Yeah. It happened in an Austin Powers movie where Liz Hurley is there with a couple of watermelons, oh, and that's uh, and <laughs> Austin Powers <laughs> has a great big teapot,
2: and they're positioned, in- and then a sausage, and then a whatever it was, yeah. a, a cushion, and a <laughs> you, redact, redact the, the teapot. Well, no,
0: you may be, t- you may have taken an image, an amusing image with an inflatable oh, item or with yes. a teapot or. Yeah. A chipolata or whatever it may be, covering your modesty, and you could have shared it with someone. Ha ha ha! Isn't this funny? They can't see anything really, but now they could take that
2: image and see what was there before. Wow! Ouch! That does re- remind me a little bit of you know the the Samsung moonshots that they do. The the advert that's on telly at the moment, saying you can take these oh, most amazing moonshots.
0: Oh, I don't know. Well, what's all that about?
2: Yeah, so there's a Samsung advert on your, on your mobile phone. You can take these amazing moon shots and people who've got you know proper cameras and telescopes are saying, oh, give me, give me your photo because it's so much better. And it turns out that actually the moon shot that you, you, you took is basically artificially generated. And they proved this by putting <laughs> a blurry photo of the moon in a dark room, taking a photo of it, and getting a perfectly crisp picture of the moon back from the camera wow because they know
0: what the moon looks like
2: the moon looks the same wherever you are in the world right it's it, it it doesn't spin so so yeah so yeah take some great shots of the moon but they weren't taken by you wow
0: unbelievable well this floor has existed on the google pixel phone with this markup tool for about five oh, years
2: oh there's a treasure trove out there Exactly. Are you sweating yet, Tom? No, I'm an, I'm an iPhone guy.
0: <laughs> so the good news is Google's March 2023 security update fixes the floor. The bad news is that they haven't issued their March 2023 security update for some Pixel users yet, for some particular Pixel devices. And people are already waiting for that update because there's another problem at the moment with Android, whereby if you know somebody's mobile phone number, that can be enough to hack their phone on particular devices because of the modem chipset. So you do want to update your Google Android device. The worst news of all, though, is, uh, as Tom suggested, Google hasn't invented a time machine (laughs) to go back five years.
1: That's what I was just going to ask. Of course, they're not going to retro yet.
0: Because there's all those images out there already. It's too late. It's no longer under your control.
1: Well, I I just want to shout out to all the people right now who are owning Google Pixel phones and are madly going through... their pictures, <laughs> deleting
2: any that I'm, may... I'm just reminded of that Simpsons character. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Oh. Not very friendly at all. You
0: saw all the grief we got from Canadian listeners yeah. <laughs> uh, last week. Now you've angered and all you the Android we, users. They
1: were right. Come on. They were
0: right. They were right. They
1: were right, yeah. and it's more embarrassing for me than you. Trust yeah, me. I guys. <laughs> <right>. I agree.
0: <laughs> Tom, what's your story for us this week?
2: So, my story, we are going back to TikTok yet again. I mean, this seems to be the story that doesn't go away. So TikTok, as I'm sure you will all know, is the favourite social media app of teenage children and middle-aged men, it would seem. Uh, Mainly (laughs) because the algorithm constantly delivers everything you want based upon what you watch. So if if you like, you know, n- nubile young people dancing and jiggling, then that's what you're going to get for the rest of your life until 3 a.m., when you start questioning your life choices, uh, Javad <laughs> and Andrew, but um, I, I've heard that I've heard
1: in America alone. Uh, this is on New York Times podcast, The Daily. They are saying that one in three devices have it installed in the US. Yeah,
2: doesn't it. Really? thats insane to me. I've never used it. No, I'm not. Me neither. I've never no. used it partly because I don't have to. I get all the best content reposted onto my WhatsApp group with Javan andy mainly. So you know, I, I get the curated format, but but it's insanely addictive uh i know um my kids are on it and they use it not to the extent that uh you know middle-aged men do i must admit uh you know staying up until stupid hours but nonetheless it's it's a very successful platform it's you know lots of people have monetized on it and made a lot of money out of it etc and of course it's owned by a company in china which makes that very, very sensitive. Now, there have mm-hmm. been a number of stories like this, but the most recent one, which I actually mm. think is is the, the company in question using a little bit of a diversionary tactic myself, is the BBC. They have instructed all of their staff to remove TikTok from their company phones. Uh, presumably mm. in response to the UK government saying... Uh, all civil servants and uh, anybody who works for the UK government to remove TikTok from their uh, company yeah. or organizational phones because there's this big thing about China snooping and using the app to track people, to track habits, to gather data, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. None of which is has actually been proven. In fact, no. you know, apart from the standard social media thing. Now, the thing that gets me here, and like I said, apart from the BBC's timing of let's put this out so that people will stop talking about Gary Lineker, but apart from the timing, it makes me feel that. And and we talk about this uh, on on the other um, uh, security podcast, but the fact is, TikTok is probably more benign than say Facebook and Instagram. And Facebook and Instagram have been caught. Well, it's the same company, Meta, right? Um, yeah. And even uh, you know Google generally, and you know even LinkedIn, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, they have been caught multiple times with their hands in the tills of of people's private data. Uh, uh, Twitter, for instance. Uh, gathered, this a number of years ago, but gathered everybody's mobile phone number under the premise of we will use this for two-factor authentication, mm. we won't share it with anybody, this is purely for your security, and then sold those phone numbers and your personal data to third parties. Uh, quite blatantly, paid the fine, moved on. Nothing, nothing changed. 100%. Um, but do you think do you think it has anything to do with the political climate? I think it's got everything happening? to do with the political climate. Now, mm-hmm. I also think actually instructing people to remove a TikTok from a company phone, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. You know, it's a company phone. You really should not be looking at the, you know, at, at, at all of that. Uh, um, it's a, well, it's a big waste of time, isn't it? It's a waste of time. You shouldn't be looking at all that jiggly wonder on, on your workhouse. Yeah. But Some companies would think that, yeah. I would be very, very keen to find out. If they're also saying you must also remove uh, LinkedIn and any Google product and um, uh, Facebook and Instagram and all that sort of thing, I would put money on the fact that the vast majority of them don't. You know, to be blunt, this smacks of um, politics generally and racism. At the end of the day, if it's not to do with the fact that they are a Chinese company, then why are you removing it when there are other products that are gathering the data far more openly and far more egregiously? It's purely because they're a Chinese company.
1: Okay, so my, my view is slightly different. I wondered whether or not it was because of the... I don't know, uh, political, uh, you know, Xi Jinping and Putin hanging out a little bit, right? And
0: Are they making TikTok videos, the two of them? <laughs> it's rather like Huawei, isn't it, where there wasn't yes. really any evidence, but no, there was lots no, of but something could happen. But the, what's strange to me is that people are saying, well, you can't use these apps anymore because they, they're written in China. It's like, well... The device you're running these apps on, your smartphone. Where was that manufactured? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it's hello, a- hello, House of Commons. Your CCTV cameras. Where do you think they were made? <laughs> where do you, I mean, all technology comes from China, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. it's like pinky in the brain. I've had you at my sides for forty years. <laughs>
2: But here's the thing. I literally spent... I I looked up the first article on the BBC website, and you'll see in the show notes, there's a whole series of of links there from the BBC website. I scrolled to the bottom, and and you know know how they have related articles. Mm. This was... Two minutes, and I immediately found straight after the BBC's article down the bottom, the UK government says stop using it, and then you go to the bottom of that one. The Welsh government says remove TikTok. Go further down. Danish journalists told to remove TikTok. Then the Canadian government is saying yeah. they have to remove TikTok. European Commission saying you have to remove TikTok. And then the yeah. US is trying to ban it countrywide. It probably won't go through, let's face it. But nonetheless, that's the kind of knee-jerk reaction. And yet Facebook is doing far more... Uh, like I say, egregious data harvesting, probably doing far more in, in your terms opinion, uh, Wow. Well, what, what about the... Um, you don't know. You don't know, though. You don't know. I'm just saying they got caught a few times. A few right? times.
1: You know that, they get caught
2: constantly. Yeah. And also, you know, who I was agree. it who influenced the... I'm not, I'm not the, advocating um, for Facebook. You know, which, which platform influenced the US election more? TikTok with its jiggly, bouncing nubile young people in it? Or Facebook and Cambridge Analytica? Um, you know that those platforms are far more dangerous, but because they just happen to be American or on American soil, that's perfectly all right. And yet that data is being sold as well.
0: Tom, it would be remiss for me not to ask: Are you getting a backhander from TikTok?
2: Yes, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like
0: <laughs> all this nubile no, jiggling you keep on advertising. No on it. Backhanding,
2: I, no, no, nothing um, like that. No reach around <laughs> in, nothing like that whatsoever from from TikTok. I. I just think if we're going to, you know, ban TikTok, let's at least use the same measure. The threat and the risk of TikTok is the same, if not potentially less, than Facebook, Instagram and all of the others. And yet they seem to be absolutely fine. Mm. And. You know, it, it does. They're in well.
1: jurisdictions, I guess, where the powers that be feel that they can have some kind of oversight or some. Well, I'm some pretty sure
0: China thinks power. it can have some oversight yeah. over yeah. bike yeah. dance yeah, running right. TikTok as well, yeah. on, without a doubt.
2: <laughs> so, yes, yeah, and that was this week's rant of the week.
1: Yeah, Jesus. Okay,
0: <sighs> <Wasn't it just? laughs> hmm. keep taking the blood pressure tablets. <laughs> <laughs> Karol, what's your, uh, not pick of the week, what have you got for us this week?
1: Well, let me take you to Lakewood, Colorado. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is said to have breathtaking views, close to 100 parks for residents to enjoy. It's like about um, eight miles from Denver, right near the Rocky Mountains. I'm just giving you a visual here so you can kind of feel it out. Yeah, it sounds beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Right? Sounds idyllic, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can hike or camp or ski in the mountains, make friends with the local black bears and mountain lions that roam the place freely. (laughs) Okay, maybe not. Or you can go into Denver, right? Eat at hippie eateries and go to the theater and all that. So it's no surprise that residents Vicky and her daughter, Sarah Raggle, thought this was the place to be. Now, Vicky is 69, spent 42 years as a middle school teacher, Mm -hmm. retired this July, right this past July. And she and her daughter made a plan that they would find themselves a dream home in the city of Lakewood, where Vicky would be able to enjoy her retirement. Lovely. And after some searching, they they land on this cute little townhouse within their budget, Uh, but it wasn't Vicky's entire life savings. And the thing is, is the whole house buying process is complicated. I mean, and it's full of formalities and paperwork and... You know, it's very clear for those who run the transactions like estate agents and lawyers and lenders. But I think it's daunting for the purchaser or the seller.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think so. Yeah, can be.
1: I mean, especially if you haven't moved in decades and don't know, you know, you're not used to it. Yeah. So yeah. we have Vicky and uh, Sarah Raggle, and they've gone through the whole process of buying and purchasing the house. They even start getting new furniture for the place. Mm-hmm. Two days before the closing date for the property, the mother and daughter duo get an email from the title company, and they write, Hi, Vicki and Sarah. I went ahead and prepared the closing documents and closing statement with the closing date of Friday, the 3rd of March. Great. Attached, please find the final closing statement. The amount due to close is $198,662.81. Polite reminder, it then says. As we require funds to be remitted 48 hours prior to closing, kindly advise when you will be ready to remit the closing funds Hmm. so I can forward the title instructions for your action. Okay? Okay. So, okay, so Vicky and Sarah, they don't want to lose this house. Doesn't normally your solicitor handle all this, the the money side of things? You give the money to the solicitor rather than... Well, I don't know how it works in the States, actually. I know how it works here.
2: Yeah, I get' it is slightly different now, but
1: yeah. Yeah, but they are a bit perturbed because previous conversations said that they would need to transfer the funds at the day of closing, yeah. right? Yeah. But but Vicky responds saying, okay, I'll call in an hour and we can do that. And and uh, the title manager emailed back saying, don't call because I'll be in a closing, but here's the information Uh-oh. and provides ah. all the details <laughs> yeah. you know, for the transfer of funds. <laughs> right. So so they give the title company the near $200,000, right? And then they get an email saying, Hi, Vicky, we have just confirmed receipt of the funds pending. I will send an escrow confirmation receipt once recorded. So a few days pass. Now Friday, Mm. day of closing. Vicky and Sarah go in, you know, to finalize the paperwork and pick up the keys for their brand new home. They're greeted warmly. Vicky said in media, she said, we went to the closing on Friday. Everyone was laughing and excited. We signed acres of paper. And then the title lady said, let me check your funds. And the title lady comes back looking perplexed and asked Vicky and Sarah, where did you send the funds to? And Vicky says, probably wide high to send them to you. And the response is, we don't have them, says the title lady. Yeah. So this is what I would say is a business email compromise. Yeah. But I think a lot of people kind of think, oh, business email compromise. I don't need to worry about if I'm an individual or I don't need to look out for those things. I'm not a business. Yeah,
2: exactly. It's not individual email compromise, right? (laughs) Exactly. So just to recap
1: for some of our listeners, business email compromise, or BEC for short, that's what we call it in in the, you know, in short.
2: In the trade. In the trade.
1: <laughs> it's where criminals send an email message that appears to come from a known source making a legitimate expected request. So in this case, the scammer is purported to be the title company, and it would easily duped the person who is expecting to pay that kind of money for a house. Mm. You
0: see, I'm buying a house at the moment, and I had to engage solicitors and things, and they went out of their way to warn me of these type of scams. And they sent... Oh, that's good. That's good. And in the paper, you know, not only in my conversations with them, but also in the pack of information they sent to me through the post, which they said, well, we're not going to send it to you electronically. We need to check that you're not a, a rotter as well. We need to send it to your address. And there was all kinds of verification mm-hmm. they had to do on my identity. But there was this bit which said, watch out for scammers. They said it's very common for people to get, for criminals to get involved in the house buying process in an attempt to trick you into transferring the money, money into the wrong account, um, and yeah. so they said, "Look, we're not going to tell you that our account, our account details are going to change or anything like that. You know, we, you're only ever going to deal with us, and if you have any questions, ring us on this number."
1: Yeah, that's great, isn't that great?
2: Yeah, that does make a difference, doesn't it? But I think part of it is sometimes the the criminals just know that you, you're buying a house because you've posted it on on Facebook or wherever or Insta or, or, or mm. whatever, and, and they just sort of chance their arm with a dodgy email, as it were. 100 percent But then in other cases, and certainly over here, you know, many solicitor companies that handle the uh uh house sales are small companies and they they're out yes. their IT is either outsourced or they've you know the brother Dave runs it or whatever. And so it's very easy potentially for for their networks and for their email accounts to be compromised. And the emails actually come from the correct domain name. And they've read through the emails and they've read through and they've got the tone of the people who are talking to mm-hmm, you. Yeah. And they've got all the all the relevant personal details and the you know, the actual uh things that aren't necessarily in the documents, you know, that they you like being called Tom and not Thomas, for instance, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, because, yeah, for, for a start, if somebody, you know, emailed me and said, hello, Thomas, I immediately think, well, you're either my mother or, or you're a criminal, (laughs) right? Yeah, because I call you Tom Ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> well, it's it, the shitty bit of this, right, is that 69-year-old Jesus. Vicky, right? Uh, yeah. She said, uh, all I could think of is now I'm homeless yeah. and broke. I'm 69 years old, and now I'm broke and homeless. Because the title managers aren't going to go, oh, poor you. You paid the wrong count. Yeah. Here's money. Yeah, Exactly. Right. Let's just go get the house. Um, and it's unclear at this time, like how the scammers managed to, you know, infiltrate the communication chain. But uh, she contacted the FBI in Colorado and the Lakewood police, who I'm sure are all over this.
2: Mm. And she didn't have to call action fraud. Small
1: mercy. Yeah, right. But as a silver lining. Uh, yeah, as a silver lining to all this, Vicky's friend and coworker started a GoFundMe page, and uh, as of today, it's currently at $132,600, which is pretty amazing and heartwarming, and it's good to know that there are some lovely people out there.
0: Hang on, I'm I'm just going to go and create a GoFundMe page in her name now (laughs) and see if I can put a link to it in our show notes.
2: Oh, sheesh, Graham. You're so heartless. These houses don't buy themselves, you know. Jesus.
0: Any company can say they're trustworthy, but with this week's sponsor, Drata, you can prove it. With over 14 frameworks including SOC2, GDPR, HIPAA and ISO 27001, Drata gets you audit ready for crucial security standards needed to scale your business. Automated controls, over 75 integrations and 24-hour monitoring keeps your company in compliance, Without manual work. And with a new open API and plenty of customization, you can build your program your way. With over 365 star reviews, Drata is the highest rated cloud compliance platform on G2. Countless security professionals from companies like Notion, Lemonade, and Bamboo HR have shared how crucial it's been to have Drata as their trusted compliance partner. So, listeners of Smashing Security, you can get 10% off Drata and waived implementation fees at smashingsecurity.com/drata. That's smashingsecurity.com/d r
1: a t a. Our sponsor Collide has some big news. If you're an Okta user, then you can get your entire fleet to 100% compliance. How? If a device isn't compliant, the user can't log into your cloud apps until they fix the problem. It's that simple. Collide patches one of the major holes in zero trust architecture device compliance. Without Collide, IT struggles to solve basic problems like keeping everyone's OS and browser up to date. Insecure devices are logging into your company's apps, but there's nothing there to stop them. Collide is the only device trust solution that enforces compliance as part of authentication, and it's built to work seamlessly with Okta. The moment Collide's agents detect a problem, it alerts the user and gives them instructions to fix it. If they don't fix the problem within a set time, they're blocked. Collide's method means fewer support tickets, less frustration, and most importantly, 100% fleet compliance. Want to learn more? Of course, you do visit collide.com slash smashing. That's collide.com slash smashing. And thanks to Collide for sponsoring the show.
0: Our friends at Bitwarden have been busy this month adding some fab new features to their open source password management solution. Now, did you know that you can log into Bitwarden using a secondary device instead of your master password? Well, now you do. <laughs> Logging in with a device is a passwordless approach to authentication. It removes the need to enter your master password by sending authentication requests to other devices you're currently logged into for approval. With Login for Device, it can be initiated on the Web Vault, browser extension, desktop app, mobile app, and you can approve access on your mobile and desktop app version of Bitwarden very, very cool. And the Bitwarden team has hardened the security of its vaults, protecting new vaults with 600,000 iterations by default. And of course, existing accounts can also update themselves to the same level. These and many other great security features are incorporated all the time into Bitwarden, keeping your password secure from hackers. Learn more, try Bitwarden for yourself at bitwarden.com slash smashing that's bitwarden.com slash smashing and welcome back can you join us at our favorite part of the show the part of the show that we like to call pick of the week pick of the week pick of the week pick of the week is the part of the show where everyone chooses saying the like could be a funny story a book that they've read a tv show a movie a record a podcast a website or an app whatever they wish it doesn't have to be security related necessarily Better not be. Well, my pick of the week this week is not security related. This weekend, I took some friends and family out to the theatre because a birthday was being celebrated. Not mine, identity thieves, not mine. (laughs) And... uh, we went to go and see a show in London called the Play That Goes oh. Wrong. Have either of you seen the Play That Goes Wrong?
2: So good. They they no. they also do the Show That Goes Wrong and stuff yes. like that. They they've got a, a, a yeah. series of uh, Everton TV yeah. shows. brilliant, brilliant.
0: It's absolutely. Wow. Have you actually seen the the stage show, Tom, or just
2: I haven't seen the stage show. I think they've had two seasons of stuff on the Show That Goes Wrong.
0: That's right. It's called The Goes Wrong Show. Is on BBC. Yeah,
2: that's it. The Goes Wrong Show. Which I would recommend. Ah. You
0: may be able to find it on iPlayer yeah. or maybe on Amazon Prime. I particularly love the one where... Uh, <laughs> I should explain first of all. The, the play That Goes Wrong and The Goes Wrong Show is about... Clues in the, in the name. It, yeah, the clues in the name. It's it's meant to be like a amateur theatrical group where everything goes wrong. They're trying to do a play mm-hmm. and the props go wrong. They forget the words. They Disasters befall them. They're also not very good, are they? They're not very good as actors, but it's hilarious. Misplaced props. They forget lines, miscues, everything. The f- funniest one of the tv show i think the one i liked the most was the one where they accidentally built the set at a 90 degree angle oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> and so yes, that's right and, oh, that's right
0: and, but they carried on so they moved the cameras to make it look as though it were horizontal but of course it was really vertical and they were all sat at this table and people were delivering Clinging food. on for dear it life it was clinging on for dear life it was the most hilarious thing imaginable is this,
1: anyway. <laughs> is, this, is, this, is this current? Is this current
0: now or no? It's, yeah, last few years it's been on the BBC. Okay. And the play is playing right now in London. In fact, it's been London's longest running comedy, I believe. Uh, that is going, it's probably been going for about you 10 know? years. I've actually seen the play That Goes Wrong now three times.
1: Are you kidding me?
0: My, my son adores it. And Aww. it is, I've never seen him laugh so hard at anything. It is... If you like the TV show this Cute. takes it to a whole nother level and you just cannot believe what is happening on the stage. Um with the stunts and the humor it is bonkers. People get knocked out yeah. uh so people
2: <laughs> people are removed from the stage. Anyway, all kinds of shenanigans go well, on. We said that or, or I said that the the actors are not very good. The actors are amazing at playing actors yes. who aren't very good. Yes. Okay, okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah you know. And the physical
0: comedy and the imagination which is used in this show uh, is quite extraordinary. Anyway, so my recommendation, I believe it may be also on a US tour at the moment. You can probably go and find out. Um, If you are based out in the States, you may want to check it out. But Otherwise, you can catch up on Amazon Prime or uh, BBC iPlayer. So my pick of the week this week is The Play That Goes Wrong. Really recommend it. Hilarious. Cool.
2: Tom, what's your pick of the week? So I've got two. One very, very quick one um, and then a Mm. proper one. So the first one. (laughs) You did this last time. (laughs) Many years ago when I first started work and we had Windows, I think it was 3.1 and then maybe just onto Windows 95. Yeah. There was a little executable that was doing the rounds called Pootimer.exe. And when you ran it, uh, this was before, you know, cynicalness. Crept in and you had to make sure. Sounds that, like a Trojan horse, Tom. I have to say, it's not something I'd have. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It, well, it may be. a may have been a, a technically a worm because you sent it to everybody you knew. As a result, but uh, um, so uh-huh. you, you 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 ran the app and it asked you your salary and um, you know either per per year, per month, per week. Hmm. Asked you what percentage tax you pay. Uh, you typed that in and up it came and and a button that basically said, I'm going for a poo. So you click that when you went for a poo. This is at work, obviously. And then when you came back from a, a poo, you, you click the button again and it told you how much you got paid while you had a poo. So let me get straight, Tom.
0: You're unhappy with companies banning TikTok, but you're quite comfortable running this poo timer program inside your organization. Would you,
2: would you hold it in, Graham? Is, um, is one not allowed to poo on company time? <laughs> I, 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 I can have a word with HR.
0: Is this is this sensitive data being uploaded to the cloud somewhere in
2: china and they're making use of it who cares but anyway i've been searching for this ever, you know a long time ago because you know i've i've got parallels on my mac i could run this again right but it doesn't exist as far as i can make out but there oh. is a new website called poopays.com. uh and it's it, it's actually a, 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 an app for your phone available on google pixel <laughs> comes out yeah exactly only on android at the moment i guess they're trying to work work on the iphone thing it's not rate my poo i just want to be clear that's a very different thing entirely but glass from the past literally that is a different site yes yeah but yeah. Uh, but yeah i'm just saying you can soon work out how much you earn while going for a poo so that was the quick one so the other one
0: uh, and this is the real one yeah give us give us your number two now tom
2: yeah yeah <laughs> Oh man, that was good. That was good. Um <clears throat> so the real one. Um I have this wonderful little portable espresso maker, which I have with me because uh the the coffee in the office i either have to pay for or it's it's this horrible stuff out of an urn uh and so i have a little portable espresso maker by a company called wakako and they do a range of these And the one i have is called the mini presso ns2 uh, i did have the mini presso ns as well because you know I, I like my gadgets as you both know and what this one does it's called the mini presso because it uses the nespresso pods uh the ones you can buy in the shop so yeah. You know, i I think Starbucks have got their own and Tesco's and et cetera, et cetera. You pop this into the machine, screw the bottom on it, open up the top, pour in hot water, and then a little plunger comes out and then you pump it and then it basically acts like an espresso machine and gives you a perfect espresso shot of coffee from your Nespresso pod. And you like the pods because... Uh, because they're easy, convenient, and I get them for free in my hotel.
1: Yeah, uh, Oh, but your hotel machine doesn't make good enough coffee?
2: no no my hotel machine makes great coffee but in the office i don't get access to that unless i pay for it so you're pinching
0: these capsules from your hotel no, I'm, and paying
2: they, well, well. I'm paying for them well <laughs> well just like i pay for all the shampoo the tea bags oh and the conditioners and, biscuits and the, that I the take dressing every day. gown the mattress the pillows uh, you see no i don't <laughs> pay for those i rent those that's the difference
1: how many hotel slippers do you have in your house
2: Oh, none. But I, I've got a whole bunch of British Airways um, uh, business class bags. Do you know what I mean? The uh, the, the little the, and first class ones, actually. You know, Cause- Graham and I went and visited a, a friend's apartment
1: once, and he lived in a very cosmopolitan city, so we had a very kind of you know bijou apartment, right mm-hmm. on the very high floor, and he had a very small bathroom, compact bijou. Mm-hmm. And this ginormous fishbowl full of hotel shampoos, yes. like you you couldn't actually have a waz on the loo without bending forward
2: because it was a fishbowl, right? <laughs> like it was ridiculous so so you're one of those uh yes although actually it's now my daughter because she likes the shampoo and conditioner and let's face it i don't have a lot of use for shampoo and conditioner in fairness but i do have a lot of use for good coffee and i would highly recommend this you, it's great for camping trips as well so if you're going camping yeah if you're going out for the day you know all that sort of thing you just have to take a thermos of hot water yeah. um the if you go to the website you'll see they do other ones where you put ground coffee in you don't have to use the capsules you, you can get ones which you put just Mm. regular ground coffee in really really good not shockingly expensive you know you you do it's it is an investment not shockingly expensive but uh, um and everybody loves it especially when you offer to make them a cup of coffee
1: oh i see it's a bit like having a lighter in the
0: 1950s (laughs) yes that's right i'm watching a video (laughs) of the pump action it looks a little bit like milking a cow it sort of squirts um, out of the bottom, doesn't it? As you... Yeah, so
2: you're squeezing the yep. side of the thing and it pours out the bottom. You're right. Yeah. It's a little bit of a workout. Right. You know, if, okay. if, if you're out of shape, you might start sweating. So, okay. you know, it could, it could be a salted coffee if you're not careful. But um,
1: I'm getting uncomfortable. What? <laughs> Why am I getting uncomfortable? I don't know. <laughs> <Okay>. Carol, <laughs> what is
0: your pick of the week?
1: Okay, we're back in safe territory, everybody. My pick of the week is a podcast called Restart. So, published by BBC Radio 4 Extra in September last year. And the plot is quite cute. Okay, there's a facility in the middle of New Mexico desert designed to cure kids with video gaming addiction. Right. And so, lots of parents send their kids there because... They're obviously completely addicted to video games. And are they really a facility designed to cure the kids? Or is it something more sinister? No. So they call it a mind-bending thriller. I would agree. I had a great time listening to the eight episodes, getting deeper and deeper into the conspiracy, all while trying to answer the question, just what the heck is going on? And I'm not a gamer, right? Everyone knows I'm not a gamer. So you don't need to be a gamer to enjoy this audio drama. But I would recommend it. I think I don't know if you listen to audio dramas, Tom. Graham, I know it doesn't,
2: but I tend not to. I must admit, but I, you know, I have I have been encouraged on a yeah you know, to, to listen to a few. But uh, this looks good. As soon as I see the link, I might I might give it it's a. It's cute, this one.
1: Yeah, it's I find it's really cute. You might enjoy it. I I thought this would be a good one for you as you were coming on the show. So my prick, uh, I was going to say my prick of the. Whole thing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: God, that's no way to talk to your guests. I oh, have yeah, this is outrageous. If I was wearing a wide microphone, I'd tear it off and walk out now. Great.
1: don't you think we should start doing that? We could have like a little bit we'd have nitpick, nitpick of the week, in the past. prick of the week.
2: Then you could get Javad on. <laughs> Are we going to bleep out, bleep of the out their
1: names every time they come on, just to irritate them? Um, so my my <laughs> pick of the week is a restart podcast from the BBC, starring the makers of The Cypher, uh, starring Armin Karima from Sex Education, for those that know it. So find it wherever you get your pods from.
2: Nice. And that's my pick of the week
1: super well that
0: just about wraps up the show for this week tom i'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online i don't know why <laughs> i'm sure <What's>, they would
2: <laughs> why are you what's laughing the best way
0: <laughs> what's what's the best way for folks to do that you can
2: get me at tomlangford.com. that's tom with a th but that's also tom langford on twitter tom langford on mastodon yeah you can also find us at podcast.hostunknown.tv he's very available
0: Terrific. And you can follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity, no G, Twitter allows to have a G. Smash Insecurity also has a Mastodon account. The easiest way to find us is at smashinsecurity.com/slash Mastodon. And check out the Smash Insecurity subreddit as well. And to ensure you never miss another episode, follow Smash Insecurity in your favorite podcast apps such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify.
1: And huge, huge thank yous to this episode's sponsors, Bitwarden, Drata, and Collide. And of course, to our wonderful Patreon community. It's thanks to you all that this show is free. For episode show notes, sponsorship info, guest list, and the entire back catalogue of more than 313 episodes, check out smashingsecurity.com.
0: Until next time, cheerio. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.
0: Stay secure, my friends. Secure. Lame. <laughs> I used to say that. I used to say that. Remember it was Stay Secure? You used to say it before Host Unknown used to say oh, it. I
1: know. We've done everything before Host and Unknown.
0: And now they've
1: stolen everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know. We, I,
2: yes. We got it off Jav. We just do it to, to wind him up.
1: He stole it. We had it at Sophos Podcast about 15 years ago. Yep. I've done that. Twenty years ago, I would say. Yeah, whatever it is, yeah, and it was like "stay secure." We were making jokes at the end. Stay secure, people. Stay secure. Uh, Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know if he knows. It's pretty easy.
2: Copyright, copyright, copyright. Copyright. copyright, Yeah, copyright. copyright. You're you're copyrighting the words "stay" and "secure."